Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Welcome home, loved ones. Yes, we are back with another episode. This is episode 384, Birth Worker Burnout and the Balance of Holding Space for Birth with Martha Lerner, doula and photographer. Before we get into the episode, I just want to thank you for listening. You are awesome. We appreciate you. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on over here. I sent out an email yesterday, the day before this episode first airs, about something that's launching in two weeks. So Monday, June 6th, it's going down. Something is launching that we are very excited for, something that we had been planning on doing months before becoming pregnant, and then I feel like the pregnancy kind of moved some things along, if you can imagine, on our timeline of life in general, but then also wanting to put this together for the community and get it out there for you. So a couple of hints, just a couple of things I'll drop about it. For one thing, there's going to be more birth stories, so you can look forward to that. And then another piece is that it's very much going to have a space specific for parents planning for their first home birth. So if you are preparing or planning for a birth and it will be your first home birth, doesn't necessarily have to be your first birth, but your first home birth, you're going to want to check this out. So stay tuned. Keep your eyes and ears open. Make sure you're listening here. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you are signed up for our weekly email newsletter. You can do that on our website, diahpodcast.com. Our social media channels will be sharing all about it. So, you know, just just stay tuned. Really excited to share it all with you. And a couple of shout outs, couple of thank yous. One to our friends over at Needed who are supporting this pregnancy journey before, during, now, and then in postpartum with all of the nourishment and nutrition and really in an optimal way that is supporting me and baby right now. And that is through the prenatal, the collagen, the pre and probiotic, the omega-3s, and so many other amazing products that they create. And Needed is founded by two mamas, two home birth mamas, in fact. And so we're just so grateful to them for 
being our friends and being in this space with us and being connected with us and supporting us and also just everything that they're doing and continue to do. And when you use the code DIAH, you'll get 20% off of your order. Very sweet. So the link to that is in the show notes. You should go check that out. And then also I started using uh, oil, an oil for my belly very recently that I am really excited about. I get really excited about things like that and routine and like I do it before I get out of the shower or before bed, you know, having your little ritual. I love that. And my oil is from Sea and the Moon by Carson Meyer. She created Sea and the Moon and we actually had her on the show back in the day, a while ago, and uh, she just announced that she's pregnant, which is so amazing. Big congrats to her. And the Malibu Made Glow Oil is what is uh, rubbing this, what I'm rubbing all over this belly, what is uh, what I'm moving it up with. And it's so amazing. It feels extraordinary. None of that residue. It smells great. And you all, again, get a sweet code D-I-A-H-15 for 15% off of your order of the Malibu Made Glow Oil. So go check that out. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. And again, I'm speaking to things that I am personally using to support me in this pregnancy and that I'm thrilled to use and people, real people that I've connected with who have created these companies and are doing amazing things out in the world and are amazing mamas and mamas-to-be themselves. So Go show them some love. Go check them out. Again, that's needed and see and the moon. Today's episode, Martha Lerner, we have a great conversation really around different topics of being a birth worker, some memorable moments from Martha's experience as a birth worker, as a doula, as well as a photographer, and how those different perspectives and roles can kind of blend or when you're in one primary or one secondary just how that kind of plays out. We also talk about tips for those who want to get into birth work, best practices for staying in birth work long-term, hence burnout in the title, and really how to balance and manage the space holding that a birth worker does and how the birth community as a whole, you know, collectively can support birth workers out there. So this is a great episode and conversation, obviously for the birth worker listeners that we have, but then for the parents to have insight to the birth worker experience and also hear some real life examples of what they're doing out there in the world, just to be more mindful and cognizant. It can also be helpful when you are choosing your birth worker and care providers, you know, to have that alignment and resonance with who gels best with you. So this is just really useful in a lot of ways. Brief word from our sponsor, and then you'll hear our chat with Martha. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hi, Martha. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you here, Martha. So once again, thanks for being on the Doing It at Home podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. So set us up a little bit with a little bit about you and your work. So I am a doula, a birth assistant, uh, or a midwife's assistant, and a birth, motherhood, and all of the above photographer, all rolled up into one. Um, And I'm currently actively doing two of the three. I'm currently actively still doing doula work and still doing birth photography. But the birth assistant is kind of on a pause for at the moment. Mm, Gotcha. Well, those are great overlaps to yeah. be doing doula work as well as birth photography. You're kind of right there in the center yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, I love it. And and I kind of, yeah, it was a perfect marriage. I kind of entered the birth world as a doula, um, getting certified as a doula. I knew that that was my path. And then once I started, that, you know, getting into it, I realized, oh, I'm a photographer too. Why don't I just bring the camera and see what happens? And And that kind of was an organic mixture and it's definitely grown and and blown up and evolved ever since. That's so cool. Can you just explain the difference between a doula and a birth assistant? Yeah, sure. That's a great one. So a doula is a person who is there for the birthing family to provide informational support, physical support, advocacy, um, all of the things, uh, spiritual support, all of that kind of stuff. Um, So you're really working as a birth coach for the clients, for the birthing person and the family, you know, everybody that's involved. So a lot of hands-on, a lot of, you know, before birth stuff, a lot of support before birth preparation for the birth and and what might happen and all that kind of stuff. So you're really working there and really form a close bond with the birthing person and their partners. The birth assistant is the equivalent of an L&D nurse. So I'm working for the midwife. Mm-hmm. So I am the ex- the extra set of hands for the midwife, whatever she needs clinically. So that's a very different role. It's a very clinical role as opposed to a very emotional or whatever mm-hmm. supportive role that you have as a doula. So you're there to literally just perform the clinical tasks for the midwife, take heart tones, you know, listen to mom's breathing, listen to all of the things, all of the, um, you know, things that happen during a birth, whether it's home or in the in the hospital. So just a, an extension of the care provider, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, for the folks listening, yeah. um, there's there can be so many different roles that happen in, in birth, particularly, you know, you get outside of the hospital, you think, oh, it might just be one type of person, but no, there's all these different roles and then there's different types of midwives. And so right. um, hearing you explain the difference between a doula and birth assistant is great. So thank you. No, thank you. I, I don't think I've ever been asked that. Usually you get what's the difference between a doula and a midwife because yep, a lot of yep. people think, oh, I have a midwife. Why do I need a doula? And exactly. then that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it most certainly is. I, I I love to, I think about the, the brains that must be going on too when you're at a birth, depending on what role that you're in, because there's the doula mind and then there's the birth photographer mind as well. So I, I'm trying to imagine being in one and thinking about something of the other, like you're behind the camera lens and you're like, oh, she could really use a backup right now. Or you're <laughs> right, doing the yeah, backup. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, this looks really beautiful right now, I bet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. 
So I guess. So yeah, we have yeah, go we ahead. have a lot of conversations um, leading up to birth. Obviously, me and my my families that I'm working with, and I explain that I do wear both hats, but I don't wear them at the same time. Usually, yeah. that usually one or the other is going to take precedence in that moment. Yeah. And you know, we talk about working as a team, and that's really important for the birthing person's partner yeah. to understand that they're very actively involved too, so that when they're working together, and you know slow dancing or doing whatever they're doing that's the moment that I pick up my camera and go oh that's beautiful let me take a picture of that you know throughout labor obviously and when you know she's in in the thick of it and struggling and just really having a hard time my camera is halfway across the room for me and I'm just hands-on with her and really just taking care of her so we have a really really a lot of conversations about that understanding Mm -hmm. that it's you know it's one or the other and one is usually going to take precedence at some point in the in the labor that's cool very cool. And so I guess along that vein, since you've you've seen a number of births and you've been in a number of experiences and they're all so different, are there like some highlight moments or some things from either role um, that you could share? Just, you know, some of those, some of those like yeah. top whatever moments. Yeah, I can think of a few. Um, I'm definitely almost I think over 200 births in wow. now in one capacity or another. Um, so I've definitely seen a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that something that comes to mind for me is um, births at home. Like there's one particular family I'm thinking of who sh- this was her fourth birth, but all three had been hospital births and they'd all been induced. Um, luckily she was able to have all vaginal births, but, for number four, she decided I'm doing it different. I'm doing it at home, doing it with a midwife. I want it. I want it all of it. So it was really, really neat seeing all the siblings there who had, you know, been birthed in a hospital, seeing them support their mom at home was just such a beautiful thing. And um, they all had such different personalities. One was a teenager, one was a nine-year-old boy, and one was a three-year-old girl and they all brought something different to the birth and they all handled it differently and that I just really get a kick out of remembering that particular situation because it was it was amazing you know just to be able to provide that moment for the siblings if nothing else I mean everybody's you know growing from this experience obviously the mom the, the dad everyone but the siblings you know just watching them watch her in her strength and you know, being there for her was just amazing, just mm. incredible. So, so that cool. definitely is one that stands out for me. Um, and then another thing that I get a kick out, out of as a photographer and as a doula is when you're home, att- and, and I know that we've talked about this before, attending births where there's dogs around <laughs> and the dogs can sometimes be instrumental in the birth. They can be very you know, very big part of it. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, capturing the dogs become doulas and they're right there with the moms <laughs> laying on her or being right next to her. Um, it's just, it, it just, it's such a beautiful thing. They come in and out of the room. I have this one bulldog. I don't remember his name, but he was so great. He would just walk out of the room and walk back in like he was pacing. And I have pictures of him next to the birth pool. And then he's by the trash can. And he he was like doing his job. Like he took it very seriously. And it was very, very cute. So it's that's something I always get a kick out of watching that interaction, the human and canine and companioncy and 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 just getting to be a part of that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is cool. That's, that's I love that. I love hearing aspects of the birth environment. 
you know, whether it could be the birthing person themselves or the pets that are in the background from the lens of someone that isn't the parent. Um, Because that's what we share of so much on the show. We share the birth story through the parent's eyes, usually the mother, sometimes the partner. But um, it's it's fascinating to get that different angle because, you know, you're looking at it differently. You're obviously not going through the physical aspect of it. And um, so I I love that you could share a a few bits of that. I think it's really cool. Um, I'm curious for your perspective as well on tips for those interested in getting into birth work. Because I know there's a lot of them in the doing it at home community, whether they are, we hear this often, women who go through their birth experiences and then get the bug or whatever it is. Oh my gosh, I have to be involved in birth work. Or if I, if I can't have a million babies that I want to be around a million babies. Um, Or we just have those students, you know, people who are starting either their doula training or midwifery school or something. They, they're very well represented in the community and I know they listen. And so I'm just curious what you would recommend. Um, And it could be anything, you know, it could be the obvious and maybe not so obvious um, things to, to support in getting into birth work. Awesome. Um, definitely. Well, I'll, I'll kind of speak from my experience and yeah. I guess how I, what I did and what I found helpful in my yeah. journey getting into birth work. Um, Cause I, similar to that, I came into it from my own desire to help women based on my birth situation. So I, for me, I think first and foremost is education, 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 education. Like get, if you're going to become a birth worker, get all the education that you have, take the breastfeeding classes, take the, you know, take the doula trainings, take the assistant workshops, take the rebozo workshops, as much education as you can get your hands on so that you understand the dynamics of birth. Like what, how can it unfold? What are obstacles? What are things that you might foresee? How can you react to them? How can you be prepared for them? So, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in education. I was an educator, you know, for 15 years. You'll never take that out of me. I'm just <laughs> shifting roles now. I'm educating right. in different ways. So definitely, I, I'm a big fan of the education. I know some people just feel like they're organically called to becoming a doula. And that's beautiful, too. And that's wonderful, too. Um, but I still think that there's something to be said for really studying, you know, the, the whole role or the whole dynamic of birth unfolding, um, if you're going to be a part of the birth space. Um, And then getting in there and getting dirty and getting your hands dirty by volunteering, like find a midwife near you who either has a birth center or a clinic or something, volunteer. I did that. I, you know, I, I volunteered at the clinic and I was just there and I helped, you know, I learned so much just from being that person who was listening to the heart tones during the prenatal visits, you know, yeah. taking the urine samples or measuring the fundal height and doing all these different things. Um, so, you know, to me, that's a vital part of, again, learning birth and understanding the process and understanding the clients and the patients and the women. Um, so I, I think volunteering is a great thing that you can do in the community. Um, I think that having a solid support group is really, really important as a birth worker. And I, you know, that's a whole, a big, big topic to, to discuss for sure. But, um, you have to have people there for you so that you can be there for your families. And that, that is the hugest part of it. Cause a lot of us, as you mentioned, like, we come to birth work through our own birth experiences through becoming a mom or not being able to become a mom or some, some part of that. So a lot of us do have kids and we have families. And if you're called to a birth, 
you have to figure that out. You have to figure out who is going to pick up my child from daycare, from school, from whatever, if that's the case, you know, who's going to take care of my family, who's going to, you know, all those odds and ends. So you really have to have a solid support group for you. Um, and, and that could be in many aspects. Like for me, that means sometimes three people, like I, I need a photographer backup for myself. I need a doula backup for myself. I need lots of backups. I need a mom backup yeah. to be my, to be me when I'm not mom at home for my kid. Um, so it's a lot and a lot, and that's something that I think gets overlooked by a lot of uh, people who want to go into birth work because they go in with this big heart and that's a beautiful thing. Like I, they want to help, they want to support, they want to be there. But if you don't prepare yourself properly, you can either burn out very quickly or, you know, just get off on a rocky start if you, if you don't have that support, support system for yourself so that you can be there for the people who need you when they need you. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? I, I was a big, a big advocate of, I don't know if you can hear my dogs, a big advocate of just finding people in the birth community and community and introducing myself Mm -hmm. and saying, can I buy you a cup of coffee for, can I have an hour of your time? I'll buy you a cup of coffee. And can I just tell you, ask you some questions and tell you a little bit about me and, and, you know, just, just get to know each other kind of thing. And I did that for a long time for a year. I went around offering to buy coffee to anyone that would listen to me or, you know, uh, would sit down with me and, and met a lot of great people that way and, and, and made some great connections. So making connections in the birth world, you know, really important. So um, however that works for you, I think that's something that could be a really good tool too. Mm. Those are great. Those are great. So I heard you say education, get the education, volunteer, get some of that hands-on experience, uh, find, create, attract the support group for you professionally and just personally support group. Um, And then network, build relationships, connect with people in the industry and and learn from them and, and build those relationships. Yep. That's a great list. That's right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love that so much. And I feel like some of these (laughs) might cross over, especially the whole support thing when you talked about how you need support. But I'm curious if there is anything different you would add to. It's one thing to get in, right? You're so excited. You're ready. You're hungry. You're voracious for all the things birth-related. And it's like oxytocin bubble. Yeah. But then (laughs) there is the sustainability factor of it. And there's how long do you want to be doing this for? Because I've heard and seen a little bit out there that there's burnout in birth workers and they don't tend to be in birth work for as long as they used to. You know, some of the midwives that have been doing it for decades and now, you know, supporting um, births that are like third generations, that's not happening as much because they're retiring because they're tired. I get it. And then the ones coming in, I don't feel like it's set up for them to go as long as our previous generations of midwives. It just doesn't, it doesn't look like that. doesn't feel like that out there. Um, So I'm just wondering what you think or what your take is on how we can make it more sustainable. And of course the onus is on the the workers and then, you know, supporting each other in that. But yeah, I'm just curious because I, I want people who get into birth work with that open heart. I want it to stay that right. way. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and and I feel that because again, I'm I started doing this full time in 2015. Okay. So I think seven years, seven mm-hmm. years ago, which is that's a long time for birth workers these days. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. not like before, like you mentioned, where they were like these you know midwives who've been around for centuries, and that's not happening anymore. And I think that you know having that support system for yourself is a big thing. I think that for me, where I'm at right now is it's you have to set bound, you have to figure out what your boundaries are as yeah. a birth worker and what feels right for you at that moment in your life and set those boundaries. And whether that means figuring out how many client, what your client load should be for you, for some people that might be five clients a month, for some, it might be one client a month. And like at the beginning, I was like, give me all the clients, sure. you know, like, yeah. let's do this. And then now I'm like, I can take one, right. maybe mm-hmm. two. Like, yeah. really, I, I have to really be careful because I want to fully serve with my full heart the people that I am working with. So I find that now that means one or one or maybe two clients a month. And I learned that over time, obviously, that you have to figure out what's best for, for you so that you can you know, give all that value and and emotional support and everything that you have for your clients. So, you know, boundaries is huge. That means that also, I think scheduling time off call is huge, because that's the biggest thing. Like, I feel it Mm -hmm. when I've been Mm -hmm. on call 24 seven, for six months, seven months, and it's like, you never fully rest, you always, you always sleep with your phone next to your ear. You're always on high alert because you know you're communicating with your clients if there's something going on and they've indicated that they're feeling something or that something may be imminent. You never have a decent night's rest because you're waiting. You're you're on high alert and you're waiting for that phone call to come in, and you want to be able to wake up and say words that are going to be helpful and that are going to make sense at 2 a.m. when you've been in a sleep, and that's you know it's it's hard to, to flip that switch. So. For me, that means I've had to schedule time off call. So it means for like, for me, sometimes it's a month in the summer, I don't take a client, I don't even take one because I know myself and I'm like, okay, well, I'll take a client, but I'll let them know that I'm going on vacation these two weeks and then my backup, but it doesn't work for me because I'm on vacation and I'm worrying about that client who I know will be fine if my backup has them, but I, I, you know, I just feel guilty. So for me, it means not taking clients at all a portion of the year, one month here, one month there, so that I can then take care of myself, breathe, restore my nervous system, you know, do all the things that I know that my body needs to restore itself to some sort of balance, um, go away, go to a photography retreat, you know, take a vacation away, all these different things, because otherwise it really just really wears down your your nervous system and your physical body. You have to find a way to to get off call so that you can restore. Um, And then I think a big thing too, is to find, you know, find your tribe, but find a collective, like find a group of people that do that you vibe with that do what you do and, you know, really build a solid collective, a a, a sisterhood, whatever, a partnerhood where you kind of can network and, and talk to each other and support each other and back each other up and um and that's hard that's really hard to do to find that that group of people because we're all individuals and we're all busy and we're all chasing and this and that and putting out fires so it really takes some dedication and time and effort to 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 take a pause and breathe and 
find out, okay, well, who in my community am I drawn to? What can we create that we can all con- collaborate with one another, support, back up, do whatever, have resources, share resources, all that, because that's the only way that we're all going to be okay and sustainable is if we do have other people who have our backs and who can collaborate with us and help us and, you know, be our backups if, if God forbid, we can't be there for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So other than what you mentioned earlier, inviting individuals out to coffee and just building relationships that way, I mean, are, are there, are you finding in your community where you live, are there meetups of birth workers? Are there just like places, events, things that are happening where you could go and, and meet 5, 10, 15 birth workers at once? There are. There, there are few and far between. And obviously during the pandemic, all that stopped. But but sure. now that things are, you know, normalizing a bit, um, I do find that every once in a while, somebody affiliated with the birth community, but maybe not directly, like not a midwife, but like a chiropractor will have a birth mm. worker mm, event. Okay. Cool. Or a, a public floor specialist will have a birth, a birth worker event, like trying to have people mix and mingle um, to meet each other. And those are always great to meet, you know, other people. And and we, we actually, I'm one of the founding members here where I am in South Florida, we have what we call the doula's care collective. And we, some of us kind of met and connected and decided we're going to do this and figure out how we can support each other as doulas and support our community as doulas, getting the word out there that, you know, what, what does a doula do? What is an out of hospital birth? Why might you consider that? Like all those things. So that's, been slow and steady and and building and growing and it's a beautiful thing and I just went to a farmer's market yesterday and and spent some time with our collective and meeting the community and and talking about birth so it's you know it's it's baby steps but it's it's definitely needed in your community that you're that you're you know putting together um, doula's care collective what are some of the topics that are most pressing and on the top of mind of these of these doulas that they want to discuss or get support on like what are, what are what are they bringing into this conversation that they want to talk about? Um, gosh, a little bit of everything. I'd say one always one of the big ones is like providers is like because we we deal with home births, but we also deal with hospital births and all sorts mm-hmm. of you know births. So one of the most important things is always like I have a client who wants this kind of birth. Who do we know in the community who would actually support that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know which home birth midwives tend to be good at this type of personality or so providers is a huge one so that we're able to network with each other um, and help each other out that way. And that's huge because I live kind of in an area, it's a really big metropolitan area in South Florida. And I cover three counties basically where I live because of the way that it is. So, you know, there's people who I don't know way down South from me, but other doulas in the collective who live in Miami, who is way South than me, they might know something. So I'll get an inquiry, like I'm birthing in this, you know, hospital that basically might as well be Key West. And I'm like, I have no idea that I'm going to find out and I'll get back to you. And then we talk about it and, you know, we find them a provider. So that's, that's huge because, you know, I remember when I was birthing 10, how old was my son? 11, 11 years ago, you know, it was still very much so the mindset where your birth was dictated by health insurance and by what, you know, that that was it like you you had a hospital that accepted your insurance and you had a provider and that was it like that's the way that you went and now fortunately 11 years later we've come a long way from that and we're starting to see like no you have choices you you can ask for this you can 
interview providers. You can interview hospitals or out of hospital providers. You can do all this diff- different stuff and, and you do have choices. So that's a beautiful thing. Mm. What do you think has created those shifts from 11 years ago to today where people are now exploring more options? This is a two-part question. Like, What do you think has made that shift in the last 11 years? And what do you think is needed to continue to you know, push things where people are more open to out-of-hospital birth, asking questions, and, and so on and so forth? Mr. Bivens on I fire think, today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think social media, honestly, is a big part of it. I think that, you know, there's a lot of bad things to be said about social media, obviously, but there's a lot of good. Like, when, again, 11 years ago, there were not the mom groups and, and all this stuff that there that there is there now, which yeah. is, is a great thing. And the fact that I, as a birth photographer, the fact that I can, I have a, a, a platform that I can show through my artwork, you know, of a woman in labor at home, in her house, with her dogs and her pool, yeah. like, I get to show the world, like, this is normal, this is an option for you. So that was not so much 11 years ago, you really didn't see that kind of work um, out on social media, like those kinds of pictures and stuff like that. So I think that that has a, a huge significance. I think the rising of doulas, I think, too, like doulas are now, you know, becoming more mainstream than they were 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important. And more is being talked about in the communities in the birthing communities and the mom communities, because of doulas and what that is, and, and what we do and, and that kind of stuff, I think was a big shift. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that's what comes to mind right now. Those are some of the major ones, I think. And then what about moving it forward so that in 11 years from now, you look back and like, wow, things really have changed and improved. Um, I, I always go back to birth photography and birth work because as, and as a writer too, because I, I write and I take pictures and I do all these things. And I'm really passionate about just normalizing birth and, yeah. and, you know, understanding that birth is a normal event. It happens. It happens at home just as beautifully. So I think really pushing that, like we have as birth photographers, we have communities and we have competitions and we have galleries and artwork that we put out there. And it's, it's, it's a passion. Like it's not just about taking pretty pictures of a woman in, and a baby being born. It's really about normalizing the act of birth and, mm. and showing everyone that you can do this. This is normal. There's, you don't have to be scared. This is this and education, you know, through the posts that I, you know, that, that I put out there and I write about, I do tons of education. Like this is a placenta. Some people have never seen a placenta before. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, here's a placenta, you know, it might not be your thing. You can keep scrolling, but I like to talk about, well, what is it? What has it done for you? What, how does it work? What happens after birth? What happens to your placenta? So I think that education through pictures, visuals, you know, more awareness that way is going to continue to propel us in the direction of, you know, keeping the ball rolling where it needs to be rolling. I think. Totally. Mm, that's awesome. That's so great. And we have that South Florida connection. I remember that. Yeah. So I'm originally yeah, from Fort right. Lauderdale, like Western area. That's so right. I hail from the 954 Broward County. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Um, yeah. I want to touch on something for a second that really got cranking in my brain, Martha, when you were talking about particularly the tips for being sustainable as a birth worker. I don't think we've talked about this on the show. So I think this could open up a lot of other conversations. But there's this whole thing of being a birth worker because you're passionate about it. It's what you're called into doing. You said very heart-centered. I totally get that. And that is completely separate from running a business 
as a doula yeah. or a birth worker or even a birth photographer. That's an entirely different beast. And because it's totally. not regulated by a set system, like you don't just get hired by a hospital like a doctor right. would out of med school and then you're beholden to their structure and how they compensate and what they charge. Like you at one point until you build out your practice, you know, prayerfully, and then you have people doing it for you, but you're the accountant, the assistant, the like the booker, <laughs> that you're everything. The marketer, sure. the, all and of this. Yep. They don't teach you how to do that when you become a doula. They don't teach you how to do that when you become a midwife. And so I just wonder what, I know there are opportunities, but how we could seize them and what other sort of education we could provide for birth workers to be sustainable financially. Because I think aside from the incredible energetic demand that there is, you know, they got to put food on the table. And just because it's, it's babies being born and it's sunshine and rainbows and it's such a beautiful thing, like this is an incredible service for them to be valued and paid for. Um, so I, I don't necessarily have a question out of it. I more just like (laughs) want to bring up this topic because we haven't really touched on this before. And if you had anything to add or any of either your experience or anything, I would love to hear. For sure. For sure. I remember like, you know, my early career when I had a great instructor who was, who was, you know, trained me as, as, as a doula mentee and, um, and I felt really good about things. And I, you know, I, I was learning, I was attending births. It was early on, but I remember saying to her, like literally turning to her and say like, but what about the business? Like, what do I do here? I don't know well, like how to create the structure. So it was all about, you know, reaching out to people who had been doing it a little bit longer. And that's kind of part of the collective that I'm part yeah, of too, is like, right. at least those of us who have been doing it longer can say, well, here's my contract this, you need a birth contract and this is what it looks like. And here's what my, my starter contract was use this and flesh it out and make it what you want from there. So I, some of the big organizations now that are like doula organizations, the top two or three in the, in the country, they do offer some classes now that are geared hundred percent on the business part of being a doula. And that's huge because mm-hmm. again, that yeah. didn't exist back then. So that's huge. Um, I think that collaborating with people that have been doing it a little bit longer, if they're willing to share and, and work with you is, is very helpful. Um, I think, you know, some of us also start and join some groups that are like more established, really well-known organiz- like doula organizations. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the best word is, but like the people who have like a, a group of doulas, like there's an owner and then they have a group yeah. of doulas. It's like a practice they, basically, but like, yeah, like a practice, yeah. exactly. Um, so sometimes it's helpful for that. Just for me, it was helpful to start there. And, you know, that you've always had like a, a steady stream ish of, of people needing you. And, and, and that was a good way to start. Um, it gets tricky. It gets tricky, you know, as, as you grow and learn and evolve, sometimes things don't always mesh. Like the, the, it almost becomes, that becomes like a corporation yeah. and you have to yeah. do it their way yeah. Yeah. and it's not your way. So, you know, there's always that, eh, okay, well that served its purpose and now it's time for me to move on and explore this on my own. But um, yeah, I think that that's some of the things that stick out for me. Mm-hmm. Sounds like doing this work requires a person who's okay being proactive. Yeah. And yes, and you know, sure. seeking out under, understanding maybe what they need or where their gaps are, and seeking out resources, individuals, communities, organizations that can help you know fill those gaps because so much of it is as from what we're hearing you say, it's like yes, you know, joining this, networking in this place, asking this question. So 
you have to be fearless. You kind of have to be fearless and go out there and pretend like you know what you're doing and you're you have you're brave and that you have no fear. And I remember, like, I remember calling hospitals and like, I need to speak to the you know the head of L and D and I want to ask them brazen like yeah. who was that? Yeah, was yeah, no yeah. one <laughs> but you know it's just like but i wanted you know what the hell all they can do is tell me no right. and some did and some didn't and i remember you know having some wonderful meetings at those and having some wow. great you know interactive conversations at some of those meetings so you really have to be fearless and just go out there and just put yourself out there be your authentic self figure out where your gaps lie and how you can fill them and who you can meet that will help you fill those gaps Figure out what apps and what programs on your computer, you know, that will help keep you organized and um, don't, you know, take a little bit of that business at, you know, edge off of it when you can have a, a program or an app that can help you. Um, yeah, definitely. All those things. Help. Yeah. And then take breaks. Yeah. And then <laughs> take take schedule breaks. some breaks. <laughs> schedule the breaks. Oh, yes. I see a course from you, Martha, on this for the birth workers out there to <laughs> wow, help with yeah, that sustainability because it's it's huge. You know, yeah. I, I get yeah. it. I totally understand. And, you know, when you, you love what you do and you're passionate about it, like you don't want to be worrying about that stuff. You want to just do what you're great at. I totally get yeah. it. I mean, I we can relate to that. We've been in, we've been entrepreneurs for 10 years now. Right. And there's times yeah. you're just, you're so passionate about the work. You're like, I don't care. I don't need to get paid. I just want to do what I want to do. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. you know, then the rent still needs to be paid. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so it's exactly. it's real. It's real out there for um and I think it's great to talk about this, you know, in a space where we normally hear the birther's perspective sharing their birth stories. Like this is a part of what contributes to your birth. Like the reason you're able to have sure. people holding space for your birth, the reason you're able to have care providers, great ones at that, you know, we need to learn about them too. So we've actually been having yeah. a couple other conversations just in the space, mm -hmm. um, learning more. Uh, uh, from conversations like this, like how can we learn That's more right. about the birth worker life? How can we support them? How yeah. can we hear their stories? Um, just yeah. that there's there's continuity to the whole thing, and we have better yes. understanding of, of everyone's position that they bring to the table. Because yes, Absolutely. when you're having a baby, you're going through a lot for sure. And then there's also this other person <laughs> aside the table from you who you know potentially has ten other clients like you managing their own life too, potentially their own kids and family. And um, I think it's just great that we all learn from each other. So it's funny because I, when I think about it, sometimes I, I I say like, if I did my job really, really well and really, really right, it's almost like it's uh, the, the client, the patient will never know you know, they'll just think like, oh, this was magical. And they don't know <laughs> how it could have yeah. gone down right. had they not had someone like me or right. another doula, like helping them, helping them find the right provider, helping them know how to advocate, how yeah. to ask questions, how to navigate the twists and turns of pregnancy. Like, you know, the mom, sometimes I feel like they, they walk out of it like, this is so great. And yeah. I'm like, you have no idea yeah. <laughs> what, I've been, what I've gone through the past six months to try to make this work for you. Right. You know, so it's it's really funny. It's really right. kind of interesting. That's funny. It kind of yeah. reminds me of like your your wedding. You know, well, I guess yeah. not everyone has a stress-free wedding day, but for those who do, like, oh, that just went off without a hitch. Meanwhile, the yes. poor wedding planner is sitting there, like, fuming yes. and, like, hit, rolling on one wheel. Um, yeah. Yep. So yeah. it's, oh. yeah, I, I love what you do. I love... Um, all the experience that you bring to the table and how you, how you articulate it too. I just, I've, I've really enjoyed learning from you today and I look forward to more oh, conversations thanks. in the future and sharing with others what you're up to. And whenever I'm back in South Florida again, visiting family, oh, yeah. definitely want to 
grab some coffee and hang yeah, out. Yeah, right? Absolutely. That'd be Absolutely. wonderful. That'd be so cool. Cool. Well, thank you, Martha. Thanks, Martha. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Appreciate it. And thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Like a huge kudos to you for, for doing this, for creating the space that you've created and for, you know, providing the resources that you provide to our community for talking to us, you know, birth workers, birthers, all of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because without your putting it out there, that's, you know, one less venue for people to hear about it. So thank you for what you do. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.